Well, good morning, church. Trust that you're having a great week this week. Today is Father's Day. And you know, we're going to use our service this morning to give thanks to God for our fathers, for the fathers that are over us, for the fathers that are in our lives. We want to show them our appreciation through this day and really give thanks and honor to God for who they are in our lives. You know, as I was preparing this message this morning, I was just thinking about the fathers in my life. I've had four fathers in my life. Firstly, of course, there's my heavenly father and his care is perfect. His love is unconditional. His correction and his guidance and his leading in my life, I've never been able to do without. So today we give thanks to God for our heavenly father. But also there's been my earthly father and my dad. And you know, growing up, my father provided such loving care in our home for us as a family and was such a great example and was there for me in crucial moments of my life to give me guidance and correction and wisdom. Also, my grandfather, he was a strong figure in my life, a strong man, and he represented many hundreds of men through his, his career in the unions as a mine worker. And he actually received a medal from the Queen, which he wouldn't tell anybody about. But he uh, dedicated his life to helping others within the community. And for that, he was awarded a medal from the Queen. And it had great impact and influence on my life as a young man, just to see my grandfather laying his life down for others. And then there's my spiritual father, Pastor Ray. And truly, I want to thank God and honor my spiritual father as well this morning, Pastor Ray. You know, I first remember meeting Pastor Ray many years ago when I was 13 years of age in our home in Northern Ireland. My dad had invited him over to do a series of meetings and many, many hundreds of people were saved as a result of his visit. But I remember firstly meeting him coming down on a Saturday morning down the stairs in our home. And you know, he was larger than life. You know, Pastor Ray. And from that moment forward, something happened in the spirit. 1993, I came here so for the last 27 years, Pastor Ray has been a fatherly figure in my life. These four fathers have corrected me. These four fathers have laid at my disposal their wisdom. They've cared for me. They've encouraged me. When I've been weak, they've been strong. When, when I've been low, you know, they've injected that word of God into my heart. So I am so thankful today for the fathers that have been in my life. The fathers that, that have cared for me. The fathers that have guided me. The fathers that have been able to bring me to the place where I am. You know, when I've been able to offer them nothing, they have given me everything. And today, it's an important day to really give thanks to God for our fathers, whether they be our earthly fathers or whether they be our spiritual fathers, like a Pastor Ray figure in our lives. We should honor them and we should give thanks to God for them. Now, this morning... We're just going to look at four wonderful aspects, attributes of a father's love. We're going to cover these attributes in four simple points. And then we're going to look into God's word to see how they apply to us in relation to fathering our children and helping them grow. But also we're going to see how they relate to us in who our fathers have been to us as well so that we can really honor and give thanks to God for those who have cared for us and raised us to the place where we are in life today. Four simple points about 
a father's love. That's what we're going to look at today. Let me give them to you. We'll run through them. Firstly, we're going to think about how a father's love protects. Secondly, then on from there, we're going to see how a father's love not only protects us, but how a father's love provides. Then thirdly, we're going to consider how a father's love is patient. Do you know when you're a father, you need a lot of patience. Why? Because your children are making a lot of mistakes and they're learning and they're growing and they're just, you know, working this thing called life out for the first time. But thank God for the patience of a father's heart. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to look at a father's love, how it perseveres. A father's love perseveres. So let me just quickly go through those again and then we'll just go through them one by one. Firstly, we're going to see how a father's love protects. Secondly, we're going to look at how a father's love provides. Thirdly, we're going to see how a father's love is patient. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up in seeing how a father's love perseveres. So let's think about this first point then. A father's love protects. Now when we think about a father's love in the way that it protects us, initially our minds go to how a father's love is strong. How it has a physical presence of strength in the home. And that's really important. You know, my mind goes back to when I was a kid on the playground and how we used to argue with each other as kids. My dad's bigger than your dad. My dad is stronger than your dad. And we would argue like that. And we would, you know, argue as to whose dad was bigger and whose dad was better. Why? Because a father's love is protective. A father has a physical presence in the home that is strong. That brings security. That brings safety. And that's really important and vital. But you know, this protection that a father's love brings is not just about physical presence. It's not just about physical strength. Because a father's love is protective, not only in the strength and the security and the physical presence that it provides in the home, it's also protective in the wisdom, in the advice, in the instruction, and in the guidance that it gives. There are important moments in our children's lives, crossroad moments, landmark moments in life where they have to make choices. All of us as adults would remember back to those times in our lives where there's been crossroad moments, landmark moments in our lives and usually in those times, in those moments, there's many, many different voices, sometimes competing for our decisions, competing for our ear, wanting to influences, influence us, like invisible forces trying to direct and, and maneuver our lives in a given course. It's in those moments, those crossroad moments, those landmark moments where our Father's voice needs to be heard. Where our Father's instruction needs to guide. Where our Father's wisdom needs to protect. And it's a loving Father that comes to our aid when we are in those moments of life. It's a loving Father's advice that's protective when we are being surrounded by all of these decisions and all of these invisible influences and all of these voices that are vying for our ear. It's in those moments when our fathers guide us and help us. You know, when I look back over my life, there's been crucial moments 
when I've needed instruction, when I've needed guidance, when I've needed correction and, and strong discipline in my life because my life has been going in a given direction that may have been wrong and landed in a mess. And it's into those moments that these fathers that I've mentioned has, has, has come. My dad gave me guidance many times that I listened to, that I held to, that was crucial at given moments in my life, landmark moments. My grandfather too, Pastor Ray, certainly many times over the last 27 years when I've been at those critical moments, those critical junctures in my life and Ray has just called on the phone at a crucial moment where I've about, when when I've been about to make a decision and he's, his wisdom, his guidance and sometimes his correction has helped me and brought me on through to make the right decision. Fathers are not just there to provide, you know, a physical strength, a physical presence. No, their distilled wisdom about life sometimes comes to your aid, comes into your darkness, comes at that critical moment in life where you need light and guidance and help from somebody who has walked the road of life, from somebody who is further on in life than you. I thank God when I look back on my life that I have had help from men who have loved me, from men who have wanted the best for my life, for men who have not just, you know, told me that everything's going to work out okay, but men who have come with the Word of God and sometimes corrected me, other times encouraged me, sometimes rebuked me, but have been there to help me on through and to help me make life what it is today. So I really do thank God. And I encourage you today to look back in hindsight and see those fatherly figures that have come to your aid. See those fatherly figures that have come with their wisdom, with their guidance, with their advice. It's been protective. And that love that comes from their heart has protected you and cared for you through the wisdom that it's given you. Now in Proverbs chapter 4, there's an incredible conversation that a father is having with his son. And you can hear the deep love and the affection that this father has for his son as he speaks to him and as he maps out his future before him. This is a chapter of a father's vision for his son. He wants him to go further than he's ever gone. He wants him to stand on his shoulders and be excited about everything that's ahead. But in this father's heart is wisdom, love that wants to protect the son, that wants him to go forward well and win at every level in life. So he instructs him and he guides him and he leads him. As this young man in Proverbs chapter 4, we'll see this in a moment, but as he goes forward into his future, there's questions that he needs wise answers for. There's decisions ahead and choices to be made that he needs the wisdom of his father to have input into. He needs guidance. And it's a wonderful, wonderful picture of a father and a son talking about what's ahead. And really it shows you this wonderful aspect of how a father's love is protective over his son. And this is just talking not just about sons but daughters as well. How a father's love is protective over his children. In this chapter and in the reading of these verses, we'll see that the father wants the years of his son to be many. He wants his path to be straight. He wants his steps to be 
uninhibited. He wants his son to run and not stumble. That's the great heart, the generous heart, the loving heart that a father has for his son. Let's read it this morning. And as we read it, think about the love and the affection and the relationship that the father has as he speaks to his son and as the son listens and hears what his father says. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10 to 12, and then we'll carry on to read verse 20 to verse, uh, yeah, verses 20 to verse 27. Let's read it together. Listen, my son. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Verses 20 to 27 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. From, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep your corrupt talk. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. This is the vision of a father for his son as he sets out on his future. This is the hope that's in the father's heart. He's seeking to guide his son, seeking at the outset of his life for the, for, the, for the great journey ahead of him, that it will go well, that it would be prosperous. And all of the words that are used describe the love and the affection that is in the father for the son. You see, his love is protective, wanting to protect, wanting to secure a future that's good and wholesome and healthy for this young man that's about to set off into life ahead of him. And when you look at those early chapters in the book of Proverbs, they are a discussion between father and son, where the father is bringing warning, guidance, correction, instruction, wisdom where he's wanting to show his son what to do and what not to do and, and influence his choices so that he might succeed at everything in life. The father just wants his son to run and never stumble. That's a loving father. And you know, over the years, as I look back in hindsight over the instruction, the care and the influence of these four father figures in my life, I've seen instruction, guidance, wisdom, love and correction in how it's helped me, in how it's strengthened me and in how it's brought me to this point in my life. And I thank God and I think we should thank God continually for those father figures in our life. A father's love, a father's love is protective and that's what we see. In Proverbs chapter 2. And I think if we look back over our lives. That's what we'll see throughout. Fatherly figures. Lovingly admonishing and encouraging us. To protect us. And to enable us to go forward. In the way that God would have us go. Secondly. Let's think about this next point. Because not only does a father's love protect but a father's love also provides. In the Telegraph newspaper, it was reported that the average cost to raise one child 
from birth to 21 is 230,000 pounds. Can you believe that? 230,000 pounds to raise your child from birth through to 21. Now, do you know what? If we did the maths on that before we had children, probably none of us would ever decide to start a family because the numbers don't add up. You can't work it out. The investment that is required in finance alone, you don't ever think you'll ever be able to amass. But that's what it costs on average. 231,000 pounds or 230,000 pounds they've worked out. It costs to raise a child from birth through to the age of 21. But we do it. As parents, as mums and dads, we do it. We raise the finance somehow. We make the necessary sacrifices and we launch our children into their futures. And sometimes, you know, we, well, many times we have to sacrifice our wants and our desires in order to provide for those who are growing up in our homes to make them strong. And to give them a great future. You know, dads provide. A father's love provides. But it doesn't just provide finances. Now, I know our children want finance. They like, you know, the latest iPhones the latest gadgets, the latest technologies. They love, you know, their Xboxes and all of these other things that are coming out. They're bombarded by and they come to you as if you've got an endless source of money. But our children don't just need our finances and we know that. They need far more than our finances. Mums, dads, Dads especially today, because it's Father's Day, they need our time. Our children need our involvement. They need our love and our care and our affection and our emotions. They need us to be present with them and not distant. You know, children, they know when we are distant. They know when we are not present. They know when we've got something else on our mind. And sometimes it's a real tug-of-war situation where the cares of our world, whether it's our work world or any other world that we're involved in, is pulling us away from our families, pulling us away from the care and the, the needs of our children. And our children are pulling on the other end of the rope, wanting our time, wanting our affection, wanting our involvement. But they're pulling against this burden sometimes that we carry, dads, from the world in which we live in. And they've got no hope of winning that contest. And our minds get preoccupied with all manner of cares. And we become distant. Children are aware of that. Today, you know, I want to encourage us as as fathers to really let go of those burdens, let go of those cares, and be present with our children. The Lord will help us. I really do believe that. Not to be preoccupied with the burdens and the cares and the worries of the world that we're in, our work world. We don't want to bring those into our home. When we're, in, when we're at home with our children, we want to be present with them. Because they need our affection. They need our love. They need our time, our involvement. They need us to provide. Not just financially, but they need us to provide and unpack all of our affections from our heart into their little lives and provide for them to to provide security for them to provide what they deeply need. And it's not just simply finances, an iPhone or an Xbox or a PlayStation or all of these other gadgets. No, what they really want is our time and our love and our affection. And we can give that. Maybe today we just need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us 
to really be present with our children before us so that we can make time for them. A number of years ago, I was talking to a middle-aged man just outside the church, and we began to talk about various things, but we came to the subject of his father. And I don't even know how we got onto the subject, but, you know, this was a, a, a confident, bright, strong guy. And as we began to talk about his dad and about his past life, he just broke down in the street and started crying. And I said, sir, I said, wh- wh- why, why are you so upset? What's happened in your past that, that is so painful for you? And this is a strong man, a confident man that you'd never think would break down. And he just began to tell me how his dad had never shown him any affection. His dad had never told him that he loved him. His dad had never said, well done, son. And on many occasions, he brought certificates home to show his father. And on a number of occasions, his father just ripped up his certificate in front of him and said, that's a load of rubbish. You're no good. And that man, even though on the outward, on the shop front of his life, he appeared to be strong, confident, and able, but behind that shop front, as you went into his heart, he was broken. Why? Because his father hadn't been there for him in those formative years, in those moments where he needed dad's voice to, to quench the thirst of his, his young heart, his thirsty soul. He needed dad's affection and dad's care to quench the thirst of his needy life. Instead, his dad passed him by, wouldn't have anything to do with him. And many years on, he was still deeply saddened and affected, affected deeply by those incidents in his life. You know, you may have had a bad experience with your earthly father. Today, I want you to just think about your heavenly father. And we're going to pray at the the end of this service today. And we're going to ask your heavenly father to minister to your heart because he won't hurt you. He won't give up on you. He will speak words into your thirsty soul that will enrich you and enable you to go on into everything that he's got planned for you as your heavenly father in the future. We're going to pray after this service today and we're going to ask your heavenly father to be everything that your earthly father hasn't been. Because I realize in a service like this today, many of us carry mixed emotions about that term father and whereas my my heart will be glad when I hear that term father because I've had great fathers in my life I know that there may be others among us that have had very difficult experiences and dark experiences and that word father conjures up all painful memories well our heavenly father is here to give us that unconditional love and that care that can heal our hearts. We're going to pray in a few moments about that. Let's think about the provision that our Father, our Heavenly Father provides for us in Christ Jesus. John chapter 3, 16 and verse 17, you know the verses well, talks about God's provision in Jesus Christ for us talks about a provision on a level that we could never even conceive. Verse 16 says this, For God so loved the world, and he's talking about you and me in that phrase, the world. He loves the world. He loves people. He doesn't want to be estranged or distant from, distanced from our world and the communities, the cities, the countries of our world. For God so loved the world, John said, 
that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God wants us to know him, have a relationship with him, for him to become our father. And the bridge into that relationship was through his son, Jesus. That is why God sent Jesus to save us from our sins so that he could become that bridge over into a wonderful relationship where we could be reunited again with our heavenly father. John continues in his writings to say this, see what great Love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Our experience of fathers, earthly fathers, may be, neg- may be a negative one. You may have horrific memories today of your earthly father, but John says, hey, listen, we've got to look as well to our heavenly Father because he's lavished so much love upon us whereby now we are called children of God. And today, again, like I said, if you've had a negative experience, and a negative experience really is an understatement to some of the things that you've gone through, I want you to focus your mind on this Love that has been lavished on your life. You have a heavenly father. And now you're a child of God under his care. And his care is faultless. It will never fail. His love is unconditional. And it will heal our hearts of all of those experiences that have gone on in the past. We've looked at how a father's love protects Secondly, we looked at how a father's love provides. Now, thirdly, let's think about how a father's love is patient. A father's love is patient. Father's love is patient because they see the bigger picture. A father's love is also patient because They understand that there's a process at work. And that means as children, we were in that process of growth. And we were going through the ages and stages of life. And therefore, because they understand that there's a bigger picture at work and there's process to go through, patience comes from their heart. I thank God for the patience of my fathers. I thank God for the patience and the gracious, the graciousness that that my fathers have shown me as I have grown through the stages and the ages of my life, that they have understood that there's a bigger picture. Therefore, They understand that I'm a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. Our children are a work in progress. When you become a dad, you don't get a manual on how to tell you, you know, what to do when life changes like it does when children come along. You don't Get the privilege of turning, you know, to page five to see what to do when you've got to change a nappy or you've got to get up in the middle of the night because the little one is screaming and it wants mummy. You don't know what to do. And you grow through the ages and the stages with your little ones, with your children. And that has an effect on your life. When I started out as a dad, I wasn't really a very patient parent. I was like the man that prayed the prayer. God, I want patience and I want it now. Well, patience isn't downloadable. Patience is something that is learned in life. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. 
It is grown, not imparted. And you need to go through the process, through the, through the difficulties and the bumps of life in order to acquire it. But it is a wonderful attribute and a necessary attribute in parenting and fathering our children in our homes. Our Heavenly Father is patient with us. Paul in Philippians chapter 1 must have been thinking about God's patience in relation to his work in our lives when he wrote in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you know when we began on our journey in our relationship with God, that moment, that day that, that arrived in our lives when we set out on this journey to follow Jesus, well, there was all kinds of things in our lives that God could see, but his patience withheld his hand his patience withheld his activity in our lives in those given areas. Why? Possibly because we weren't ready to have those areas changed yet. But Paul, looking at the whole panorama of our lives, looks to the place where we began, and then he looks through time to the passage and the moment where Christ will return, where we will be complete in him, where everything will be wrapped up in our lives and finished. And he says, I'm confident that, the, the, that God who began this great work will complete it and will bring it to pass all the way to the place where Jesus returns and we are made perfect in his image. That is patience. Patience. See, a father's love is patient. And I believe that this attribute of patience in our lives as dads comes from our heavenly father. Finally, let's, let's look at this final point. We've looked at how a father's love protects. We've looked at how a father's love provides. We've looked at how a father's love is patient. Let's finally look at this, this aspect of how a father's love perseveres. You know, a few weeks into being a dad, you realize that this isn't going to be a hundred-yard dash to the finish. You realize that this ain't going to be a sprint. This work of fathering requires longevity in our minds, our attitudes, in our approach, and in our actions. This work of being a father requires diligence, requires great tenacity and skill. This work of being a father isn't, you know, a hundred yard dash. Rather, it's like a, a, a lifelong marathon. I mean, you couldn't even compare it to the London Marathon or the New York Marathon or the other great marathons in the world because they happen within a short period of time. But this work of fathering is a great life marathon that takes years and years and years to complete. And it goes through many different seasons and many different stages. And it needs tenacity. It needs perseverance. It needs endurance from us. We can't throw the towel in. We can't resign our duties. No, we have to be fervent in this role of being fathers to our children. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 describes the love that we all need to have in order to complete this incredible marathon of life. To be fathers to our children. 
And this love that Paul wonderfully describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not a feeling, but it's a force. It's, it's, it's an action. It's a display of God's attributes working through our character as we raise and care for our children. Let's read these words today together. And as we read them, let's ask Jesus to help us to access this love. There's no perfect father except our heavenly father. Have we failed as dads? Of course we have. On lots of occasions. Sometimes we've had to apologize to our children. Maybe for doing something we shouldn't have done, saying something we shouldn't have said. Maybe we've been too harsh. Maybe we've, we've just not been the example that they've needed to see. We've had to retrace our steps and apologize. That's all part of being a father. That's all part of this journey that we're in. We're not perfect fathers, but we're doing our best. In the mix of life, in the mix of parenting, in the mix of trying to reach for the best decision to make and the best words to speak when we father our children, let's ask the Holy Spirit afresh today to really impart this love that Paul talks about that's available to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to verse 8. Let me read it to you. It says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And in other translations, it wraps it up like this. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Dads, that's what we need, isn't it? That really is what we need in our lives to be great fathers. And that is what Jesus has provided for us. It really is. So that is what we're going to ask him for today. We're going to ask him for this love, this perfect love, this unconditional love to really mold and change and make us be better dads for our children. Father's love. Father's love protects. A father's love provides. A father's love is patient. And a father's love perseveres. That's what God's love can enable us to be and to do in our families, in our homes, with our children, whether they are young today or whether they have flown the nest and now they're leading their own lives. They still need our fatherly care. They still need our fatherly voice and guidance and help. I'm going to pray right now. We're going to ask God's blessing on our homes. We're going to ask God's blessing on our roles as fathers to our children, in the making of our homes, and in reaching our children's lives to set them out and set them forth into that great future that God has for them. Let's pray together. Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you. Thank you for choosing us to be dads, to be fathers in our families. Lord, we know that we fall short. We know that we make so many mistakes. We know that 
our guidance and our advice is sometimes flawed. Would you please help us? Would you please put that love inside us that's from your heart, that is so unconditional? The love that we have read about from your word today, let that be resident in our, in our lives. Let it be heard through our voice. Let it be seen in our actions. And as we look out into our world and especially into our homes, let that be the lens through which we look. Your unconditional love to others. Father, I ask this for every dad in our home church here at King's. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have been listening to this message today and you may never have asked Jesus into your heart. You may not have a, a relationship with your heavenly father. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray on one occasion, he said, listen, open the prayer up by saying, our father, which art in heaven, holy, holy is your name. Jesus was talking about a relationship in that prayer with Heavenly Father. A relationship that he enjoyed, that he relished in. And he wanted his disciples, the, the men that were listened, listening to him that day, to enjoy that same level of intimacy with Heavenly Father. Nothing's changed. The Father in heaven wants you to connect with him. How do you do it? Well, you don't do it by issuing this great big statement, this great big promise of how you're going to change yourself. And No, you just simply do it by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Father's provision, the Father's provision for you to have access to him through Jesus Christ died for our sins. He died on the cross. We are sinners. That's what we do. That's, what, that's how we're born. We sin. And that separates us from God. But Jesus came to die on the cross to be punished for our sins so that we could have new life with God, that we could have new life and a relationship with Heavenly Father. I'm going to pray right now. Why don't we pray together? Why don't we just use this moment where you repeat these words after me and we're going to believe that a miracle is going to take place. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Peace is going to come into your heart. Your Father in heaven, you're going to connect with your Father in heaven from this day forward and you're going to live in an unbroken relationship where you are the recipient of the lavish love that he pours on your life, assuring you that you are his child. How about that? You can live in that every single day. I'm going to pray right now. And you're going to come into relationship through Jesus Christ into a loving relationship with your heavenly father and his name. His name is going to be holy to you. His name is going to be hallowed to you, just like Jesus said when he taught his disciples to pray. Let's pray together. Say this, Jesus, I am a sinner. I know that and I admit that and I acknowledge it today. I am a sinner. I need saving from my sin. Jesus, you died on the cross to set me free from sin's hold. I ask you right now to do a miracle in my heart, to come and live inside my heart. I open the door of my life. And I ask you to come and live on the inside. Reunite me with my heavenly father. That I might know the love that he wants to lavish on my life. Assuring me that I am his child. I ask you this 
and I thank you for it. I believe that you are alive, and I receive your peace right now into my heart. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, a miracle, a miracle has begun today. The Bible simply says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. That's what you've done. That is what you've done. You've called on his name. Salvation has come to your heart. Peace of God is in you and now you have a, a, a relationship with him. Listen, if you've done that, as a church family here at King's Church, we would love to give you your first Bible. We'd love to send it to you and a little stories book, book from, from some of our congregation that have written testimonies about how Jesus has been so real in their lives. Incredible testimonies. Listen, we'd love to send you these, these booklets, this information free of charge, just to bless you and help you on your way. And why don't you why don't you contact us? I know the details are coming up below on the screen. Contact us, send us your, your details, and we will send these out to you so that they can be a blessing in your life. And why don't you, just every day, just pray a little prayer. Just say, Father in heaven, thank you for being my Father. Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. And you watch how your life will change. You watch how that peace will be real every single moment of every single day for the rest of your life on this earth. Well, church, just God bless you. Thank you again for joining us in this service today. And let's honor our fathers for the rest of this day. Let's thank them, show them our appreciation. But on beyond this day, let's always have within our hearts an appreciation and a love for those fatherly figures in our lives. God bless you. Have a great day and a great rest of your week. See you soon. God bless. <music>